Ladies and jelly beans, boys and girls, welcome to the Laboratory of Nonsense and the Absurd, where I, Professor Theodore Bubbledum, surrounded by all of this scientific silliness. Oh, don't worry about that, it's just my cat Demis accidentally putting his paw in a petri dish. But don't worry, he's fine. His fur is just a little puffier, but no harm done. So, today we're going to be exploring our senses and how we use them to interact with the world in... The Science of Sense! One, two, three, four, five, and six. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I wish? One, two, three, four, five, and six. There are many more senses than this. Come on, come on, come on. But, of course, I have two junior scientists with me today. On my left, Professor Hazel, and on my right, Professor Marco, who each have 20 seconds to introduce themselves to the lovely listeners at home. Take it away with a time ticker, Dennis. My name is Professor Hazel Birmingham. My favorite color is green. I love frogs. I'm in C7E third class, and I'm nine years old. Oh, yes. Amazing. And you, Professor Marco, can you tell us everything about... I am Professor Marco Acosta. I am eight years old. I go to D7 Educate Together, second class. I like animals, especially cats, dogs, cows, lizards, snakes. My hobbies are sports, art, and maths. Mathematics! Amazing! Professor Bumbledum, what sense are we exploring today? Professor Hazel, you must guess that from my riddle. Some say they're the gateway, the mirrors of your soul. In those pools, the reflection of all that you hold. Deep inside, in your heart, the truth it can be seen. All can see in an instant exactly what you mean. Sometimes blue or hazel, rosy red, forest green. Was that a trick of light? Or were you being super mean? For sure sunglasses will keep those feelings buried, but it's better to be kind and free from cares, concerns and worries. So, my junior professors, what is the sense that we are exploring? I think it's sight. <gasps> sight! I definitely agree with that. So, first of all, Professor Marco, can you tell me everything you know about sight? First, you look at the object. Then, light bounces into your pupil to, to send electrical message to your brain. And then your brain sees what it is. Amazing, Professor Marco. So, our sense of sight is our ability to see objects around us. Colour, light and depth. What do you know about sight, Professor Hazel? Our eyes are made up of cornea. That's the clear front layer of your eye. It's a domed shape and helps our eyes focus the light that comes in. Then we have a pupil. That's the black dot in the centre of the eye. And that lets the light in like I was telling you about earlier. The pupil gets bigger in low light and wider in bright light. It's the iris that controls that bit. The iris is the coloured part of your eye. It's a muscle that controls the size of your pupil and the amount of light that enters your eye. Yes, what colour are your eyes? Uh, green, brown and blue. Hold on, you've got... There's three colours in your eyes. Yes. Did you know that everyone's eyes are different colours? They're unique, just like our fingerprints. Then you have the lens, which is behind the iris and pupil. It works with the cornea to focus the light. The lens focuses the image you are looking at. It almost sounds like we're 
Our eyes are like cameras, doesn't it? Then we have the retina, which is at the back of the eye. The retina is a layer of tissue that transforms the light coming into your eye into electrical signals that are transmitted to your brain using your optical nerves. Now that's the bit that sends a message right to your brain and your brain tells you what it is you're looking at. What are you looking at right now, Professor Hazel? You. If I start moving really fast, what am I? What are, what are you looking at now? Uh, you moving? No, I'm not moving. I'm dancing. <laughs> I'm dancing. Everybody, dance. Take it away. We're all dancing in the absurd nonsense laboratory. Oh yeah. Professor Bumbledum, how come we have two eyes but only see one image? Ah, our eyes work in synergy together to gather information about our surroundings. Binocular or two-eyed vision, like those fancy binoculars I use when I'm out exploring jungles. They allow us to see the world in three dimensions. They let us see depth and distance. Let's do an experiment to show why two eyes are better than one. So all you need are two pencils with an eraser at the end. And what you're going to try to do is hold the pencil lengthwise on its side in each hand. Then, with one eye closed, you're going to try and touch the erasers together. So try it with your eyes open first. Two eyes open, and bringing the pencils easy together, bringing the pe- Easy peasy. Easy peasy, pudding and piesy. Everyone get it? Now, you're going to close one eye. I'm closing my right eye. You clo- Can I see your eye closed, please? Can I see your eyes closed, please, Professor Marco? No, you can just close it without holding your finger on it. It's amazing. There we go. You've closed your eye. I'm now bringing the pencils together. I missed! I can't believe it! Close your eye. Let me show you. Now you missed. No! See, it's not as easy to make the pencil touch when you've only one eye. Two eyes give you more depth perception which is the ability to judge how near or far objects are. So, my little professors, let's find out more about our sense of sight. I'm really interested to find out how our sense of sight has evolved. So we asked Professor Aoife McLeisett, who is a professor of genetics in Trinity College, Dublin, about that. But first, I wanted to know how she became a scientist. Um, I liked science in school. I had a really great biology teacher and I just hung on his every word I just enjoyed it so much still didn't know what I wanted to do though I I had never met a scientist so I didn't think it was a thing you could be it was my mum actually because I remember I was talking to her one time and I just said like I don't know what I'm going to be you know and she just said to me do what you love and the job will follow you know that's the advice I wish everybody could have and so I went to college to do science for the only reason that I liked science and I didn't know what was coming next. I suppose I just gave myself permission to not know what I was going to do. And that was the really important thing. And so what I do um, teaching here, I'm also doing research looking at genomes of animals mainly. And mainly vertebrate animals, which are the ones that have a backbone and all of those things that we have too. So it includes us. What's your genome? It's been said in the past that your genome is like a document of your own history. Um, because you inherit your genome, it's your total DNA. You inherit that from your parents, you got it from their parents and their parents, and it's this continuous unbroken chain back through all of life, actually. What we do is we look at the changes in the DNA sequence in the genome, and we just try to understand better broadly the evolutionary process. 
but then also specifically, you know, what happened making us what we are and uh, making other animals as they are. What can you tell us about our sense of sight? It's, it's, it's incredibly complex and it happens at so many different levels. You can think about it just from like the, the light receptors, the things that react to light. You know, so the light lands on a, on a little light receptor, but your brain figures out a whole lot of stuff. I marvel in it and I think it's amazing when people are processing the image, you know, noticing this ball is coming across like this. If I run forward fast, I'm going to intercept it here. I'm going to catch that ball and try something in my laboratory of nonsense and the absurd. If you listen very closely, and I realise that this is quite unusual on radio, but I am juggling three tennis balls. Now, what I'm going to do is throw out of this juggling pattern a ball to each of the junior scientists. One for Professor Hazel, one for Professor Marco. Are you ready, scientists? Yes! Oh, come on, they can't hear that all the way. Yes! Here we go. First ball, Professor Hazel, go! She caught it. And the second ball, Professor Marco! Yes! It's amazing how we can process the image of the ball coming towards us and then actually catch it. And, as Professor Aoife McLeisett said, that all happens in our wonderfully complex brains. When our brain decides that it wants to catch a ball, it acts on signal bursts coming from the different parts of our brains, mainly the cerebellum. That's the part of our brain that controls how our muscles work together, like our balance, movements and coordination. And the cortex. This is the outer layer of the brain, which is also known as the grey matter. This is the part of the brain which does complicated brain stuff, like language and how we take in information. You use all of these parts of your brain just to catch a ball. And it's instinctual. You don't even think about it. You just do it. It becomes instinctual, right? But you're not, it's not inborn. So with lots of training, people start learning that. And, like, you know, when a baby is learning just to pick up a wooden block and placing things on top of each other, it's just building this map of, you know, the relationship between the objects and the, the world. That's incredible how our brains can make these connections. What about the evolution of our sight? How have our eyes evolved? So the, the evolution of the eye is very interesting turns out there's one gene that triggers the development of the eye. So it's like a switch that once this is flicked, it causes a lot of other things to happen that result in the growth of the eye. Everything that has an eye has the same master switch that every animal eye was built on, no matter what you're talking about. So we have a camera eye. Insects have this compound eye. Eyes are all based on the same foundation. And that's the way evolution works. There's some kind of starting material and it gets modified and adapted and bells and whistles slapped onto it to make it more fancy. We see this in terms of the evolution of the eye got progressively more complex from a basic starting point, which was probably just a light sensitive patch, to then something that started having a structure which allowed direction of light to be perceived and then some kind of lens emerging which allowed the image to be focused and interpreted, which of course requires the brain for the interpretation ultimately. What about animals' sense of sight? Do we know of any animals with super powerful eyesight? Do you know any? Cats. Cats? Oh. Cats have uh, bigger eyes than 
humans and can expand their pupil much larger than any other uh, human could. And they also have a third eyelid that comes in from the side and protects their eyeball. Wowzers. Wonderful information. Thank you, Professor Hazel. And you, Professor Margo, can you tell us a fact about cats? Cats have terrible eyesight in the day, but have brilliant eyesight in the night. (gasps) And what's that useful for? For hunting. (gasps) Hunting. Amazing. I know what else is good at hunting. The golden eagle. Golden eagles are known as super sighters, hence the term eagle eyes. They can see many more colours than we can. Their eyes are almost the same size as ours, but their heads are much smaller, so their eyes fill most of their skulls. Did you know they can spot a rabbit at more than three miles away? Amazing, Professor Bumbledum. The golden eagle's eyesight has evolved like that so he can be a super hunter. What other ways has our sense of sight evolved? One of the aspects that I think is interesting is just how we have evolved to be able to see colour. Humans have trichromatic colour vision, so we can see three colours, where the primary colours of paint are red, yellow and blue. The primary colours of light are red, green and blue. Except, of course, if you're colourblind. What happens when somebody is colourblind is one of their genes isn't working. So whereas a person with normal colour vision has a blue, a red, and a green. A person who's colorblind, it's often, it's often either the red or the green is not working. And so they can't tell red and green apart very well. It, you know, those colors end up looking very similar. So from a whale's point of view, we're blue colorblind, right? So, they're, so they've got all these blues that we, they can see, and we can only see one blue, and we go, it's blue, and they go, ah, you know, it's, if they could talk to us, they'd be going, you can't see that there's 10 different blues there. You know, so we are colorblind from their point of view, but that's what they need in their environment, and that gives them an advantage in their environment. Just like the way cat's eyesight has evolved to see so well at night, Professor Bumbledum. That's the science behind our sense of sight. Yes, amazing. It's the science of sense. We have a cool worksheet with more facts, games, and experiments. We would love to hear how you get on with your own experiments. You can download the worksheet with all the information on it. Head to rte.ie forward slash learn to find out more. The Science of Sense is a curious broadcast production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television license fee. Produced by Patricia Baker and Norma Lee. Funimix, Hugh Dwyer Contact Studio. Presented by Hugh W. Brown and Professor Bumgum. Me, Marco Cuff. And me, Hazel Birmingham. Music by Hugh W. Brown. One, two, three, four, five, and six. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I wish? One, two, three, four, five, and six. There are many more senses than this. Come on, come on, come on.